Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold, post-Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring. On C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahdi. Farmers took to the streets in five towns across County Cork to highlight concerns over CAP and the Climate Action Bill. Representatives of farming organisations were before the Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine discussing the CAP negotiations. West Cork-based Carberry Group and Tagusk have renewed their ongoing long-term joint programme for dairy farmers for the next five years. There's more on MACRA activities. This week we hear about progress on the 11 Peaks in 11 Weeks Challenge. And John O'Connor has the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Differences of opinion continue between farmers and the farm organisations of how small or less well-off farmers should receive a fairer share of EU direct payments under a convergence allocation procedure. Against the background of growing farm attention on the redistribution of the reformed EU CAP budget, newly published figures from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine reveal the biggest recipients of CAP direct payments. In 2020, the top 20 farmers received €3.6 million in direct payments from the total CAP budget. Over 122,000 farmers received direct payments worth €1.2 billion. In Munster, the top direct payments went to a County Cork farmer who reportedly received €245,600 in direct payments, basically, plus a further €56,000 for ANC and other scheme payments. In Munster, Cork County led, followed by Waterford, Tipperary, Kerry, Limerick and Clare. Nationally, Chagas Beef Barons and Equine Stud Enterprises figure as the biggest recipients of EU direct payments on the department's list. A detailed analysis of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine figures is set out in the Irish Farmers Journal issue of Saturday, 5th of June 2021 by journal news correspondent Barry Cassidy. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine met to discuss the CAP negotiations at its latest meeting. The committee heard from representatives of farming organisations anxious to ensure farmers, agribusiness and the food industry are on solid ground in terms of the CAP policy and post-Brexit issues mustn't be allowed to hinder the overall agriculture and food industry in Ireland. Figures show that farm income is around 40% lower compared to non-agricultural income. And CAP acts by providing support, market reassurance measures and rural development incentives 
through national and regional measures. So the representatives of the farming bodies were before the committee to lay out what really needs to be discussed now at the CAP negotiations table. We'll hear a flavour of the presentations on the Farm Talk programme, beginning with the IFA president, Tim Cullinan. I suppose, look, as we're all very well aware, you know, where, where negotiations are around uh, this CAP reform, it's at a very dif- difficult stage. The talks in Brussels that they um, failed to find a resolution to, in the negotiations two weeks ago, First of all, I want to look at eco-schemes and the impact eco-schemes are going to have on farmers. And, you know, it's another way of redistributing funding from farmers. What's happening here is, first of all, this is a fundamental change. Where we're going to end up with the funding coming from Pillar 1 is going to be somewhere between 55 to 60% of the original funding. That's a huge cut in itself. The way these eco-schemes are going to be redistributed, current proposal is that it will be a cut across the board at the, the national average and that money then will be paid back again on the national average. So it's going to be very difficult for a lot of farmers to even get back the money that the, the, the 30% that they're taking out. What I'm saying here is any farmer farming to a high, particularly an environmental high ambition, well then they need to get funded for that. And if the EU has to get more funding around that, so be it, that's what needs to happen. It's another way of flattening the payment. On the on convergence itself, and you know, we, we've taken a position on this already, we've had a lot of convergence in the last reform and uh, there was a position taken then by 2027 that convergence would go to 75%. And you know, that has been our position on it. We know that the minister was holding that position at the last round of negotiations in Brussels. So this is internal convergence I'm talking about here. What we're trying to achieve here is you know, keep farmers viable. I think this is very, very important in all of this on convergence. Chairman, we have a proposal around a genuine farmer as well. I think this is very, very important because we can't have any leakage out of this budget for uh, in this current cap reform because it's absolutely essential. All of the funding in here goes to genuine farmers and any type of farmers are getting up in the morning doing the work, whether it's calving the cow or lambing the o or, or ploughing the field. This is absolutely essential. So what we're saying there is a farmer should have to show some financial um, output from the farm, whether it's on sales or output. I think that is that's absolutely important. Tim Cullinan, IFA President, and we'll have more on the presentations from the farming organisations to the Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine during the course of the programme. West Cork-based Carberry Group and Tagusk have renewed their ongoing long-term joint programme for dairy farmers for the next five years. The objective of the Monitor Farm programme is to lead and demonstrate the development of carbon-efficient and sustainable dairy farming in West Cork. The new joint programme will focus strongly on promoting and demonstrating the practical farm practices that improve sustainability and reduce carbon footprint. Thomas Curran is Regional Manager, Tiagas West Cork. He joins me to discuss this programme, which has been running since 1998. It's gone through quite an evolution in that time. Um, the, the programme, you know, there's been a number of rounds of monitor farms. I suppose initially the, the focus was always have been on, on grassland management, on, on better breeding in terms of herds and and obviously on profitability. And, and that's been a kind of a key focus through it all, all along, I suppose, in the last programme um, that breeding 
bridge the the post quota era, if you like, um, and the Shinock farm in Bandon, the Greenfield farm would have been a central part plank of the last programme. And I suppose this latest programme now, the, the focus is very much on sustainability and sustainability in all its forms in terms of economics, sustainability on farms, in social sustainability in terms of, which is really important in terms of dairy farming to the region, to the local circular economy, but also um, from people looking from the outside in into farming that we're producing our milk products sustainably uh, in West Cork and also environmentally sustainability in terms of water quality and biodiversity, doing our best uh, to improve farms in that way. How does the programme work then? How is it rolled out? We have two uh, advisors working on the programme this year. We have John McNamara, who has been there since 1998, uh, a well-known personality in West Cork and further afield. Um, so John coordinates it and liaises with the four West Cork co-ops, which are Bandon, Barry Road, Drina and Lissavard, and also with Carberry. Um, and I suppose he keeps keeps the whole thing ticking over, working with the local dairy advisors then um, and obviously the monitor farm the new monitor farmers will be will be a central plank in, in this program. I suppose where we're at at the moment is, is visiting those farms, um, getting to know them, gathering information and data on them in terms of, you know, grassland and breeding. Um, and uh, there will be a focus on carbon. Um, a new element to this year will be um, Don Crowley, who's a very um, well-known expert in milk quality um, and the whole area of milk quality. Uh, and he'll be available to milk suppliers in Bandon, Barry Road, Dreen and Lissavard, um through the program, um, you know, to look at their their milk quality, and there are challenges there, such as selective dry cow therapy and different things like that 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 are there that farmers need help with, and and Don is available through the program. So that's where we're at, I suppose. It normally um, in in pre-COVID times we would have a series of farm walks, and maybe as as government uh, advice uh, allows. Um, maybe later in the year we could look at maybe having public events which I think would be very welcome and they would normally be a central part of the programme um, and hopefully from from the autumn onwards uh, all fingers crossed that that you know that we can return to some level of normality in that way. Um, I suppose that void has been filled this year with a lot of um, webinars um, that are delivered uh, in conjunction with the co-ops uh, at local level, um, and uh, you know with John feeding into those as well. Monitor farmers, I guess, are key to this and its success. So, what's expected of each of them, Thomas, to hold up their end of the program, so to speak? I suppose to commit to the program, to be part of the program, and to to share their information. Um, so that farmers, other farmers looking in from the outside can learn from them um, to set best practice and to to, to adopt best practice uh, in line with the advice been given by the advisors and the advisory team um, and uh, you know to, to to demonstrate that then that, that it can work on other farms and that other farms will be uh, inspired and motivated to to take the learnings from those monitor farms and apply them on their own farms at home um, you know so they're 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 really really important because um, you know it, it's um, advice is one thing giving advice but uh, it's only when a farmer sees another farmer doing something that works on their farm that makes a difference to their pocket or to the environment or to you know to the the quality of how they farm um, that it, it has uh, a lot more it carries a lot more weight um, so, so monitor farms are really important to the programme And no doubt Tagusk is on a hand to lend its wide and diverse range of supports to this programme We have as I say John McNamara coordinates it and, and
then would be a key point of contact for for the monitor farmers and and for the the co-op and and carberry personnel but he leads the dairy team so you know we have um a team uh, of advisors in Skibreen and Clonakilty that uh, you know will work directly with the monitor farms as well, um, and that will be supported by John McNamara and also other Chaga specialists, maybe from Moorpark and researchers from Moorpark. And as I say, Don Crowley will work on the milk quality side of it. I suppose in addition to that, uh, four one one of each of the farmers and including the Shinock farm in Bandon will be um, designated as signpost farmers, and that that program will dovetail very much with our joint programme in that uh, the objectives of the signpost programme are very much aligned with, with the joint programme with Carberry. Thomas Curran, Regional Manager, Chagask West Cork. Four County Cork Sustainable Agriculture Enterprises have been awarded the following sums by the Minister for Agriculture, Food in the Marine. Allahy's Seafood Limited for development of a seaweed farm, €60,882. Atlantic Sea Farms, for the expansion of production capacity on an existing mussel farm, €36,289. Bantry Marine Research Station Limited, for investment in farm infrastructure and farm equipment, €55,680. Illen Seafood Limited, for adding value to Sprat, €18,900. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, Luke TD, in announcing the awards for the four seafood enterprises in Cork, pointed out that the enterprises were being funded under his department's European Maritime and Fisheries Fund programme. The grant awards would support total investment in businesses in Cork and nationwide, and the grants are co-funded by the Government of Ireland and the European Union, and are all subject to terms and conditions. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Continuing with the presentations to the Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine on the CAP negotiations, here's the ICMSA's President, Pat McCormack. We represent the family farm structure and a lot of that structure will be on small to medium-sized holdings. You know, it's a great aspiration, convergence, uh, to flatten the payments and make all people equal. But the reality of it is that that won't happen without consideration being taken for the overall envelope that the, the farmer has, he or she. We've seen in the last round under Convergence where the target was 75%, the efficient holdings, the small holdings and the efficient holdings, and they had to be efficient and they had to be, you know, have a decent output uh, to exist in the past. Uh, suffer substantial losses. And I'm not talking about people with huge single farm payments. I'm talking about people with probably anywhere between eight and 16,000 euros of a single farm payment. They found themselves substantially penalised uh, under convergence and, and, you know, infuriated is fair to say when they found out that some of the beneficiaries had multiples of a single farm payment. We need to see the minister continue with his hold and tough on, on the 75%. We cannot allow it to go any any further. There's a lot of talk out there amongst politicians and bu- bureaucrats at home and indeed in, in Brussels about front-loading and that front-loading needs to or has the potential to address these issues for those farmers. We need to get a, a strong and deep analysis of that going forward because it may not be the case and you know certainly we would need to have far more information and, and research done on front-loading and, and the beneficiaries. As regards capping, ICMSA strongly supports a €60,000 cap. No frills and, 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 and no ribbons on it. Very, very simple to implement. From a genuine farmer perspective, and you know, it's not that long ago since we sat at similar forums and indeed maybe the same forum, uh, albeit 
uh, physically rather than remotely, where we were trying to define the active farmer. As a, a grouping, Europe has failed uh, on the active farmer. Both we as a generation of farmers and farm leaders and politicians, and I say that to, to our audience today, cannot afford to, to fail as regards the genuine farmer. It's absolutely imperative that the, the genuine farmer is defined and is the person, he or she, that's, that's working the land, uh, the person that needs the support. ICMSA in our proposal, in our submission there, have put forward a detailed proposal where you know, we, we believe there should be a minimum stock and density, and we're not talking about an over-elaborate one, but certainly there's in excess of 5,000 farmers failing to have three cows on 50 acres. And, you know, how genuine a farmer are, are they as we move forward? That's very, very questionable. Um, we need to see uh, some mechanisms put in place uh, to preserve agricultural activity. And, you know, where that doesn't happen, you know, there certainly needs to be question mark over the continuation of of entitlements and certainly the continuation of beneficiary uh, under convergence. ICMSA President Pat McCormick during his presentation to the Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine of the CAP negotiations. The June issue of the Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine is a very interesting article on multi-species sward. Recently, the qualities of multi-species sward have been discussed by grassland specialists and dairy farmers. To discuss this in more detail, I'm joined by John O'Connor. So, John, can you remind us what constitutes multi-species sward by definition? Well, multi-species swards are grass wards which contain grasses, legumes and herbs. Within a multi-species sward, there are various types and lengths of roots which can draw up nutrients and water from different levels in the soil. Research across the world has shown that a multi-species sward will produce more biomass than a monoculture sward. The main reason for this is the underground action by the fungi network at root level and deeper. This network, created by the fungi, connects individual plants together and transfers carbon, water, along with other nutrients and minerals, up the network to your plants. And to underline the benefits of this fungi action. The benefits of the fungi network and sharing of nutrients leads to an increased establishment success, higher growth rates and improved microbial activity. Out of sight and in the soil around the roots, there can be a vast fungi network. To further amplify on the benefits of multi-species sward, this type of sward increases soil inorganic matter with improved overall health of the soil. As a soil conditioner, it helps to break up soil compaction, increase air pores in the soil and also increases worm populations. It has the potential too to sequester or soak up more carbon. Biodiversity above ground, encouraging pollinators and biodiversity below ground. Environmental benefits could also be extended to reducing nitrous oxide emissions and nitrate leaching. And a specific economic benefit of multi-species swards. These swards can produce similar dry matter DM yields to perennial ryegrass swards at lower rates of inorganic nitrogen fertiliser. Research shows this could be worth up to 7 bags of 18612, which equates to €120, €120 per acre per year. Herbage benefits could include, number one, yield benefit at low inputs. Secondly, yield stability in drought conditions. Thirdly, ability to suppress unsown weed species. And fourthly, 
high protein, high digestibility. And I understand agricultural science graduate and dairy gold grassland specialist Roisin O'Donnell writing in the June 2021 issue of Milk Matters on multi-species swords points to interesting international research findings. That's correct, Barry. Miss Roisin O'Donnell, dairy gold grassland specialist, points out that research carried out in New Zealand, in Australia and the United States found that multi-species sward increased milk production by 1.2 kgs per day and increased milk solids by 0.06 kg per day. And that's based on research findings by K.M. McCarthy in 2020. Incidentally, Ms. Roisin O'Donnell's double-page outline on sward benefits is very well illustrated with coloured photographs and tabulated data to further help make a point for the readers. And that's a very positive overview of multi-species sward. But research is ongoing here in Ireland at a number of establishments, I presume. Yes, indeed. Curtains Farm, Chagas Moor Park near Fomoy, on animal production of the dairy herd. Chagas Johnstone Castle, Wexford. And Lions Farm in UCD, both studying the effect of multi-species sward on dairy and calf-to-beef systems, on grazing systems, forage production animal performance and sward persistence. Johnstone Castle, although researching similar to lines from UCD, they are forcing drought tolerance on the swards. And the research at WIT, the Waterford Institute of Technology, are they an important research centre? Yes, uh, WIT, Waterford Institute of Technology, is currently working on multi-species swards and the regenerative approach, including herbage production, with no inorganic nitrogen fertiliser. But are there unanswered questions regarding multi-species which Chagaskin researchers are working on at the moment? Yes, certainly more information is being sought on specifics. For example, will these multi-species swords suit a 21-day rotation? Will the species persist in the swords? Will they be taken over by weeds? So we referred to the article in the June edition of the Dairy Gold Clients magazine Milk Matters by Roisin O'Donnell, the Dairy Gold Grassland Specialist and Agricultural Science Graduate. Now, Roisin's article tabulates the research findings from Chagas Johnstown Castle, which are very useful, especially the impact of drought in 2018. Indeed, very interesting. To sum up our very brief overview of multi-species wards, all research is aiming in the general direction of quantifying to what extent multi-species swords could reduce the requirement for nitrogen fertiliser and, of course, their drought tolerance. And again, I want to acknowledge the Fund of Information and Specialist Data compiled by Miss Roisin O'Donnell for her Milk Matters magazine article, which I have drawn on for specialist data. Some listeners may wish to read Milk Matters online on the Dairy Gold website. Farm Talk on C103. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hundreds of farmers took to the streets in 30 towns across the country on Friday, including five in Cork, Bandon, Skibbereen, Cantork, Mitchellstown and Middleton to highlight challenges faced by the sector. The Irish Farmers Association Day of Action called for a rethink on proposed changes to the EU Common Agricultural Policy. They're also worried about the approach adopted by the government's Climate Action Bill and its impact on rural Ireland. In a while, some reaction from farmers who turned out in Bandon for the rally. First, Harold Kingston, IFA Monster Chair, himself a farmer in Court Mac Sherry, talking to C103's senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran. Harold, um, just tell me a little bit about why farmers are gathered here today in Bandon and across Cork. We're gathered here in Bandon and across Cork in, in five different towns and, and, and 30 towns right away across the country to, to highlight the impact uh, of, of agriculture on the rural economies and, and to, to get those towns involved in, in the campaign to make sure that farming stays viable. The, the current CAP discussions um, are, are, are taking the focus off keeping farms viable and, and uh, instead making us jump through hoops to, to try and do environmental measures, which we've no problem doing, except for the fact that we're, we've no guarantee of actually being paid for those and those, those environmental measures do have a cost. We're also focusing on the climate bill and there's three aspects just specifically within the climate bill. We need to make sure that removal, so the sequestration that we can do, storing carbon in our soils and so on, is recognised in the legal text. We need to make sure that um, the biogenic methane, the methane produced by cows, is recognised as being completely different to, to, to any emissions coming from cars and from industry. Uh, and finally then is, is carbon leakage, recognising that we as a, a low emission uh, producer of food need to be recognised that if we stop producing here in order to cut emissions in this country, it could actually increase emissions. So the purpose of today's protest is to highlight your concerns and to ask the government to review these changes that are coming down the line? In a way, it's actually giving giving some backup to Charlie McConnell as, as uh, Minister for Agriculture when he goes uh, to, to, to Brussels for the, the, the trilogue talks on, on the CAP to, to stand up for what farmers are doing, stand up for farmers across Europe and recognise the fact that we need to stay viable. There's, there's a third of farmers in Ireland are currently viable, a third are sustainable because of having another source of income, uh, be it a family member or themselves, and, and a third are vulnerable, um, which, which we're worried that that's the, the movement of funds that are currently happening is in theory being done in order to, to, to make more people viable. I think it's only taking from the viable farmers and there's no guarantee. In fact, I think there's an absolute guarantee it's not going to make anybody else viable. Anya Crowley and I'm just outside Bendon. I say looking around here, I'm certainly the smallest <laughs> in size and acreage. Um, 
but I contract rare dairy heifers and I just think like it is frightening what is coming down the track for farmers and the only thing I'm grateful for is that I'm I'm as old as I am. I looking around at the young farmers here like I would not swap places with them for a second because it's just getting more difficult between climate change and cap and what's coming down about the antibiotics with the the availability of antibiotics for cattle and it's just um, I know farmers are always grumbling but I think that really I mean even looking around here like if you take farming out of a place like West Cork um, it's a case of you won't miss us until we're gone um, it's it's just huge it's 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 massive you know like we have the mart you have so many spin-off jobs from it it's just very very important that we just come out and just try and make some little bit of a statement and that things that we need a bit of support and that you know that people will realize that we are under pressure i'm sean Dunahy. i'm from crookstown i'm a sheep farmer i do heifer rearing and calved beef as well okay and you are involved with the mart here as well i'm the mart manager in bendon as well yeah Okay, so just tell me a little bit about why you're here today. I suppose the reason we're here today is just to put pressure on the Minister and the TDs and and the European Parliament as well, that farming is a a vital part of of the local economy here in West Cork. All the towns in West Cork depend on farming. We've got the mart, we've got several businesses around here that all depend on it. We've got uh, pig processing plants, chicken processing plants and, and uh, a couple of dairy processing plants. So it's a vital part of the local economy here. If farmers' in- incomes are eroded so and their viability, if that's eroded, so too is the viability of the local economy as well. I'm John O'Brien, I'm farming in Barry Row. Just tell me a little bit about why you're here today. There's major change um, coming at us very quickly uh, from a cap perspective you know and we need to be sure going forward that um, farmers uh, will be in a secure position Uh, it's vitally important that the people understand that the funding that has been made available to farmers through the cap is for the production of food uh, production of a it's the cheap food policy okay and it sustains that and like farmers have to earn a living and have to have to have a return from their work and their um, you know their day-to-day uh, operations to sustain the whole thing going forward and to sustain the next generations so it's vitally important that any changes coming at us be they from Brussels or be they from a government perspective are are positive and are sustainable so it's um, you know we're facing big changes and I think it's very important that people of the town and people of rural Ireland understand the implications of some of the changes that are coming at us. Conor O'Leary is chair of the IFA Cork Central County Executive. He spoke to C103 reporter Katie O'Keefe in Cantor. We're here today because we have uh, twin concerns over the way the cap negotiations are going and also the climate bill. We're looking for just a number of amendments in that, not figures, not anything, but an undertaking that what would be taken into account is the good we do for the environment, the storage of carbon, the sequestering of carbon, and not just consider us net emitters, because we have a story that is both ways, and in many cases, farming is actually carbon neutral. So we need that to be considered and accepted as a concept, and we can talk about the figures at a later date. We, we don't understand what's happening in the, in the climate bill and why the type of methane from cows is not written in as a concept and why our storage of carbon is not written in as a concept. We, there's something that we don't understand why that is. 
whether it's industry is trying to get its hands on, on, on that carbon credits, whether it's the government, whether it's the EU, but somebody, somebody's putting pressure somewhere that's trying to gain that credits which really belongs to farmers. The carbon credits is a concept that's recognised in France. Um, it's written in you know, their legislation now. So we, we really need it accepted as a concept and all the measurements can be done as we progress because we, we just wanted this to lie where the facts lie. And it's important that it just gets recognition before, before this bill is passed. I think the discussion, I think what, what it will do is we'll give a realisation to government, we'll give a realisation to the powers that be that the economic importance of farming to rural towns like this all through the country is paramount. Um, you know, we're important to the town, the town is important to us and rural areas which generate something like 300,000 jobs. It, it's, a, it's a huge industry and it's so important. I mean, when, when a farmer makes money, the figures are a euro, you know, earned in the countryside here, passes locally four times, you know, a euro earned by a multinational company, only 90 cent of it makes the local economy. So it's, it's, it's just really, I, I guess, to, to put it out there, that we want to stay farming and stand up for farming. It's not so much a protest, so we're not protesting against people, we're not protesting against certainly not the people of the town. We're only going to take 10 minutes here. But future for those people doing the leaving starts, future, future for rural Ireland, and we really do need to stand up. Look, we feel it's becoming a city-state. We know what we need to live, we know what economically to live, but, you know, to keep the environments going, to keep communities going, and it's just important that we're given that opportunity to continue. Conor O'Leary, Chair of the IFA Cork Central County Executive, speaking to Farm Talk in Cantork. Well, joining us now, Tagusk Advisor Oshin Coakley. We're discussing the Agricultural Catchments Programme, including changes that will take effect in the new phase of the programme, as well as targets and challenges for Irish agriculture in relation to gaseous emissions and water quality. In this first of a two-part discussion on ACP, Oshin begins by explaining the Agricultural Catchments Programme. The Agricultural Catchments Programme, I suppose it's, it's, its primary purpose is to evaluate the nitrates regulations and its and it's and and it's derogation. I suppose the Timolee catchment here in Cork was chosen as the study area um, to evaluate the impact of intensive dairy farming on water quality. The Agricultural Catchments Program, or the ACP program as it's known, is crucial to the validation of the nitrous derogation. I suppose both previously and and presently, like even just to mention it in case I get, don't get a chance, but none of this would would be possible without the support of the farmers in the Timley catchment. I suppose it's crucial to our program, and, and we've been operating down Timley in in the seven point five square kilometre catchment since two thousand and eight. So maybe there again, just to briefly explain what's meant by that derogation. What actually is the der- the nitrates derogation? I suppose basically it's it's a deviation from from the rule all right or a deviation from the regulation of 170 kgs nitrogen per hectare which is the actual limit set out as part of the of the nitrates regulation but the derogation allows us to deviate from that up to current limit of 250 kgs of nitrogen per hectare of organic manure it allows under very specific environmental standards such as adequate nutrient storage facilities which is very important of course and soil nutrient management, for example, your soil sampling, along with a nutrient management plan. This is what allows the farmer to farm at almost 50% greater than the 170, which 
which is 250 currently, as I've mentioned, of nitrogen excreted per hectare, thus allowing for more milk solids per hectare sold off the farm. The findings in the ACP programme, with farming at a stocking rate of the 250 kgs nitrogen per hectare, as you've described there, is that viable into the future? Yes, there is going to farm intensively and maintain good water status within any given catchment if if high standards of nutrient management practices and nutrient management planning are implemented. But factors such as soil type, weather and the farming activity must be taken into consideration. The main nutrients in the water courses that the ACP monitors, what are you looking for there? So I suppose the, the, the main nutrients that we're monitoring here uh, um, in Tim League or at any of the other five sites around the, around the country are nitrogen concentration in the water, phosphorus concentration in the water, also sediment, sediment coming down in, in the water course, mainly measured through turbidity monitors or basically the clarity of the water. I suppose that's measured at high resolution every 10 minutes. Just to mention that, I know I've mentioned that before on the programme, but like that is, I suppose, that's the key defining thing about our about our program is that it is high resolution and every 10 minutes it allows us to build a, a the full picture around what, what's happening with the water quality in in any of our catchments also ecological health of the riverbed is taken into consideration i suppose this this basically means invertebrate status of the of the riverbed that's measured using a, a kick sample i suppose in, in relation to this this kick sample analysis it's not as high resolution it is the test that the EPA uses to determine the the quality or the status of of the water bodies, I suppose they rate them from from one to five, which one being poor and five being excellent. I suppose how they're doing it is using indicator species to determine the water status. For example, very sensitive species that farmers may have heard of, such as stonefly or mayfly. Basically, you're you're not going to come across these types of invertebrate species in in a in a water body that is of, of very poor quality or in other words you will only find them in 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 very good quality water bodies so they do these kick samples and come up with a, wa- a water status from one to five based on these so we do these as well like we not all, we do the high resolution i suppose chemical analysis and we do the other methods as well farm talk on c103 Continuing with contributions to the hearing on the CAP negotiations at the Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Dermot Kelleher, President of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, put forward their position. The sticky points on our own convergence, this eco scheme and the so-called CRSS are front-loading. But the trilogues are like the vanities, they're like the bonfire of the vanities, with grandiose ideas about Green Deal, fairer cap, fall into fuck and biodiversity strategy. And all these could collapse and fall on their first engagement with, with, with reality. The reality is that the cap budget is being steadily eroded by inflation. The cake is getting smaller. The reality is that farmers are being asked to do more and more for less and less. The reality is that allowing each member state the flexibility to design their own cap program but insisting and boxing them into a model that does nothing to solve the big ticket issues. In fact, we are still stuck with the contradiction of the 2013 reform where convergence was meant to help farmers with the biggest income deficiencies. We rose to the challenge by taking 
from the small sector and sheep farmers with small PPMs per farm, but above the average per hectare. The negotiations at the EU level are trying to reach a compromise that will leave nobody happy. The reason for all this is that more and more cap reform is a process whereby the views of everybody except the farmer is front and center. EU negotiators are fighting over irrelevancies because they are totally detached from the farmers on the ground. COVID has made the process even more detached. Look at the eco-scheme b- b- battle. Deadly combat whether it is 20% or 30% of pillar one. Well, as in fact, nobody's asking how come the last we lost the old rep scheme. That would be a fantastic job for farmers. That put real money into farmers' pockets. Nobody who talks about a green a green deal has the faintest idea of the damage done by land eligibility penalties to farmers who are more biodiverse and, and environmentally friendly. In the EU, once a greener cap, then reward of farmers who are less intensive and wants to participate in a worthwhile agri-environmental scheme. ICC has proposed that a scheme should have potential to pay up to 15,000. This needs to be targeted at cattle, sheep and tillage farmers, most of whom are not viable or barely viable. Otherwise, we are sending a signal that anybody who wants to farm must be a dairy farmer. In order for that to work, we need to make the eco-scheme in Pillar 1 relatively straightforward for less intensive farmers who do not require a nitrous, a nitrous delegation. The eco-scheme must not have too much conditions attached or it will be not possible to pay a lot of the actions we would like to in a proper agro-minimental scheme. On convergence, the harsh reality is that the EU has shook their responsibility to make the cap fit for purpose the Treaty of Rome aspirations have been thrown into the bin, away as the budget has been reduced over several reforms. The cake is not getting bigger, and actually the cake is getting smaller. We cannot give more farmers the same worthwhile slice that we're getting. It looks like the final outcome will be the lowest payment will have to reach 85% of the average by 2026. This is a noble aspiration, except the fact that it takes from the already stopped sector, sheep and beef farmers Dermot Kelleher, president of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, putting forward their position to the Joint Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine around the cap negotiations. And we'll have more of the contributions from the farming associations in next week's programme. For our weekly update on MACRA events in Cork, we're joined this week by Elaine Houlihan to tell us about progress on the 11 Peaks in 11 Weeks Challenge to raise funds for the Irish Community Air Ambulance Service. Myself and the former um, Munster Vice President Sean Wallace has taken on the challenge of doing 11 peaks in 11 weeks for the Irish Community Air Ambulance, which is actually based in Cork. It's a vital service for rural Ireland and the Munster region. We're now moving on to peak number five. We're heading to Watford this Sunday to climb the Cumshagan. We're literally just going around to try to get clubs back out and going with activity. We're trying to encourage as many people as possible to come out and join us for a walk or even donate online. And if you do want to donate, there is a donation link on the Munster Macra Facebook page and my own Instagram page, Elaine Hulhan, Munster VP. Look, our primary goal here is hopefully to raise three and a half thousand, which will be enough of money to um, fund one life-saving um, journey for the helicopter as it kind of hit home when we found out that it takes five euro um, for one minute of fuel for the helicopter. And it fully is relying on um, fundraising at the moment. So I would strongly encourage anybody, if you're around any weekend, come out and join us. You don't even have to do the walk. You can meet us at the start for a chat or 
you can meet us at the inn for a cup of coffee. We'd only be delighted to be talking to people and plus it'll give me the opportunity to meet people around the Munster region since my campaign was all online. And how has it been going so far for you, Elaine? Brilliant. Now, we actually, we're on, as I said, we're going on to peak number five there now and we've nearly raised a thousand euro. People have come out every walk we've had. Obviously, we're only able to go in groups of 15. So myself and Sean have had to split at some walks where I would take myself and 14 others and the same with Sean. Their average of a walk is having 20 uh, turning out to take part and it's just brilliant to see people out and about. And even people outside of Makra have joined these walks. Because, look, I think everybody has either heard of a story or knows somebody that has had to use the air ambulance. And, of course, we heard details in our programme here last week of the tie-up between the air ambulance and MACRA for this uh, initiative. So how many more weeks have you got on this? The schedule will be posted on our Facebook page, the Munster MACRA Facebook page. We have a member or two of the Irish Community Air Ambulance joining us for our final peak, which will be Karen Tuhill. And it'll be the weekend of the 24th of July we'll be finishing up, which will be great. And look, this is the highest peak we're going to be doing. And it'll be, I suppose, it'll be lovely to get up to the top of it and kind of you know, know that we've done this for the community air ambulance, and which is even brilliant. They've given us a little message for every peak. So every peak that we've gone to, we've had a little message from either a member of staff or somebody that did use the service which is kind of our driving force. Best wishes for an active and enjoyable retirement to Stephen Cadogan, farming editor of the Irish Examiner newspaper, relinquishing his position after 34 years covering all aspects of agriculture at local, national and international level, with particular emphasis, of course, on how developments would affect farmers in his own county of Cork. Stephen reported and interpreted the many changes to agriculture since he joined the then Cork Examiner newspaper as their agricultural writer in 1978. From earliest days, his writing reflected his integrity as commentator and analyst, anchored in practical terms by his own experience farming on the family farm in Skibbereen in West Cork. He will continue to contribute articles on a weekly basis to the Irish Examiner Farming Supplement, which has developed into an agri-food and farming newspaper in its own right. Retirement from his position as editor of the Farming Exam will give Stephen more opportunities to enjoy point-to-point racing, continuing to study form and breeding. Farm Talk wishes Stephen all the very best in this next stage of his agricultural writing and career path. John O'Connor for the C103 Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk Programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer. Offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.